This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier, and along with Kate Spencer, I host Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Join us every Wednesday with guests like author Phoebe Robinson, chef Samin Nosrat, actress Busy Phillips, and even former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. On Mondays and Fridays, we have mini episodes where we answer listeners' questions on everyday problems like how useful a butt mask really is, how to deal with a petty friend, or how to relax after a long day. So join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Forever 35, where we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Here comes another one of our uh, fabulous, world-famous Q&As. This time, it features Helen Russell, who has written The Atlas of Happiness. Uh, You can hear that interview elsewhere. So, uh, Helen, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Do you dread these? Do you kind of look forward to them? Do you concentrate very hard on making the answers sparkling? Um, I'm afraid not the latter, but I like them because I like to read. I think most good writers like to read and, yeah. I have okay. lots of thoughts. So, question one, the last book that you really, really enjoyed, and, and uh, as I mentioned most times, the second really is actually quite significant. Because mm-hmm. It's not just a book you really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You really, really enjoyed. Okay. I really, really enjoyed Kate Atkinson's transcription, who mm-hmm. I know has been on the show. She's been on this podcast, yes. I liked how the protagonist was quite spiky and was quite sarcastic, but also quite naive. And I liked that she lied. I found that really enjoyable. Yes, some people struggle with a kind of a disreputable, unreliable narrator. I like it. I feel as though female protagonists are often made too nice and that was refreshing that she was allowed to be how she was. Uh, If you want more on that book, you can uh, find the Kate Atkinson edition of the podcast where you got this podcast. You just have to, you know, rifle around a bit. Uh, What book always cheers you up? So... Uh, My Judy Garland Life by Susie Boyd is an amazing book. Uh, It's about how much she has always loved Judy Garland and about what she was like as a little girl growing up. And it is the book that made me feel like it was okay to be me and okay to be weird. And I made my mum read it and she sort of said, I think I was in my late 20s at the time, and my mum said, oh, now I get you. Now I understand where you are coming from. I think it's an amazing book. And if you identify as being slightly weird, mm-hmm. would it be more your kind of thing, do you think? Um, 
Yeah, but I guess what I am, the older I get, the more I think that there is, um, there's a universality in the specifics. And the more you don't try to appeal to everybody, the more you kind of find the people who are on the same wave. Okay. All right. So, all right. I just think that's quite interesting because there are quite a, quite a lot of books that ain't, that sort of make sense of a worldview sometimes. You go, oh, right. Okay. I thought I was different, but now I've read this book and I think I fit in somewhere. I think for me, it made me feel as though it was okay that I didn't necessarily fit in. Okay. Uh, uh, title and author again? My Judy Garland Life by okay. Susie Boyd. Just saves people rewinding that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favourite travel writer? So um, I loved early Bill Bryson, but I tend to be much more excited by people than description of landscapes. So I find a lot of travel writing can feel overly descriptive. So travel writing is not my favourite genre, but Bill Bryson, hilarious. Okay. And you have, which we'll discuss elsewhere, you've written about Denmark Mm -hmm. and living Danishly. (laughs) Is there a book other than your own that you could recommend about Denmark and living in Denmark or travelling around Denmark that you could recommend for us? Just throw that at you. Mm, interesting. I think Karen Blixen, uh, out of Africa, is she's, of course, writing about Africa, but you can kind of get the, the Danishness through it. So there's interesting reflections okay. on past Denmark in that. How long do you give a book? Uh, do you always finish it? Do you have like a 50-page, 100-page limit before you just think, oh, this is... I do. I do have a 50-page limit. In my defence, I have three very small children, but I'll often read the first two pages to decide whether I'm going to buy it or not, and then I'll give it 50 pages. Okay. When was the last time you used a public library? On Saturday. I often work from a library, and uh, my kids love it, so we went there on Saturday to use up some rainy afternoon. Uh, And in Denmark, where I live, you're allowed to eat and drink and talk in libraries, so there's often something of a party feel to it. Yeah, I don't think party feel is ever a phrase that's used to describe the libraries that I you know, enjoyed growing up. But I think it's fair to say that most people, a lot of people in this country, have got out of the habit of going to the library. Is it a different library culture then in Denmark? I think so. I think a lot of social things are organised around there. There's a real emphasis on clubs and everybody is part of a, of, of a society or a membership of a club or something. So if the library just becomes another venue where those happen, so going there becomes quite normal. If it's warm, it's got Wi-Fi and you can get coffee, that's going to be quite a good place to hang out. The coffee is not excellent, but there is a machine, yeah. I always assume everywhere in Denmark has great pastries and beautiful coffee. Yeah, machines not so much, but the pastries are are pretty plentiful, yes. We don't do too badly. Uh, What book do you remember being read to you as a child? My mum, bless her, read Robinson Crusoe to me but would fall asleep and we'd both Mm -hmm. sort of fall asleep and she won't thank me for reminding her of this but um, we we battled through that but then I also remember we loved Roald Dahl, BFG, the worst witch stories and I really wanted to be in them and to go to boarding school and be a witch essentially. There is something about reading the bedtime story depending on what age your kids are that just makes you fall. I mean I remember falling asleep and I remember 
some of the kids just saying, "Dad, you're falling asleep," or you know, you just you just where you just absolutely made no sense at all. And as a result, trying to skip through, you know, can we have this book again? So you go through it, and then you skip various bits and pieces, and they always spot when you've skipped a page or a paragraph. Go back, do it again. Don't they have such good memories? It's mm-hmm. insane. You'll read something once, and then they'll say, "Well, actually." That doesn't happen to... Do you do the bedtime stories? I do the bedtime stories, but at the moment we're on sort of Thomas the Tank Engine level. Okay. Um, You fall asleep? um, I do on some of them, but I would rather not say which ones they are. But um, Thomas the Tank Engine. mm -hmm. Um, Just Henry's been walled up in that tunnel for some time. Oh, I remember that one. Oh, dark. Uh, What is the book you would love to step inside of? Actually, no, because in fiction... It's normally because there's drama and there's something that's happening that is, you know, that the, the main characters are in peril of some kind. So I, you, you want to read it to see what will happen and to have that resolved, but there normally has to be some sort of drama. And so I wouldn't want to be in it, but I certainly get lost in whichever book I am reading or increasingly audiobook I'm listening to at the time whilst walking small children places or going shopping or, yeah. Do you have a favourite autobiography? I love David Niven's The Moon's a Balloon. And I downloaded the audiobook version as soon as I had read it and can hear him reciting it so clearly. And every time now I hear wood pigeons, I will start, the wood pigeons were calling the evening. But, um, so yes, I love that one. I recommend it to anybody who hasn't read it yet. Alan Bennett's books are always great. When you have an author who you need to hear read, those audiobooks are always particularly splendid. Uh, And which book do you wish you had written? So many, but um, I loved Sue Townsend's The Woman Who Went to Bed for a Year. I think she just captured a sort of uh, a stage in women's lives and a flatness that you can feel and resentment and... um, uh, the world's injustices piling up beautifully in a way that I wish I had. And I also loved, uh, I'm now in my pronunciation, Siri Hustved, what I loved. I don't know why you're looking at me to get the correct <gasps> Just thought you might know some clever things. And oh, The Power, Naomi Alderman, recently. Uh, hang on, you, that one that you yes. weren't sure about the pronunciation, tell yes. me, what's that one again? Uh, what I Loved, it's called. By Siri Hustved. She's married to Paul Oster and she, American novelist, it's excellent. It's a sort of um, two couples, their relationships, their mm-hmm. children. Very beautiful, makes me cry a lot. I've just, just exquisitely written. And the, th- and the third one you the just... The third, The Power by Naomi Alderman. Um, sci-fi and just such a big imagination and a world that she's created that just, it feels staggeringly ambitious, but she pulls it off and it's so exciting and compelling and... I just think it's a feat. Well, that completes the Q&A. So, well done, Helen Russell. You've passed. Thank you. Uh, You scored uh, 100 out of 100. (laughs) Uh, You can hear Helen talking about the Atlas of Happiness on our Books of the Year podcast. Look out for it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. 
We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.